Hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Movie Schmovie. Movie Schmovie. Episode 103. <laughs> We're in a triple dig. We've been there. We, Chip, we've, we've been there Chip, for 4.5 eps. Chips dig. Eppies. Chips dig. Right? Trip, yeah, sure. Chips dig. Trips dig. That's my first. Yeah, there you are, John. <laughs> That's my first and final, uh, you know, utterance on this episode. Tripstitch. Tripstitch. Way to bookend that. I yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, this episode uh, after last week's heartfelt. I don't. Know, maybe yeah. not. M- maybe it was more sexual. I don't. Maybe know. it was more crotch felt. Yeah. Maybe more <laughs> motivated by the below the belt areas. But <clears throat> our cinematic crush episode was a lot of fun. But. We haven't really talked about some movies that we've just been casually seeing on our own, you know, whether in the theater, on demand. It's actually been a long time since we've talked about new movies. It in has. That sense. And it's kind of weird. Yeah, man. Now that you say that, John. We've done a lot of looking back, looking forward, yep. uh, <laughs> second guessing, <laughs> questioning this whole enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can honestly say that, bitch, <clears throat> the drought is over. Yeah. Or right? is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's we're still in that time of the year. But no, there's been there's been at least one great film that I've seen in the interim. Really? And then I think you love a movie that you've seen I as do. well. So that Steve doesn't feel so good about. Well, I mean, you want do are we or how are we doing this? Are you I don't know. In or? Like, can't be a total free for all. Why don't you start, Ronald, talking about okay. your I'm saying that that might be a good yeah. start. Okay, for us. so the, the, the movie that I saw that stuck out of my mind was uh the documentary <clears throat> Twelve O'clock Boys, uh about a motorcycle group dirt bike group in baltimore that rides in the street and uh the danger of it uh entices a young kid that aspires to at 10 years old to become uh a part of the 12 o'clock boys it's not a gang that that that's a bad connotation a group that um goes in the middle of the street a pack of people that go on sundays and do wheelies down the street uh, in the city on a Sunday. And I guess the assumption is that on Sundays it's less busy in the street. It is. Um, but these these people are risking their lives to entertain uh, and seek thrills. And it's, it is a, I thought it was an amazing documentary. But I have a, I have a different attachment to it. I was one of those kids, I was telling Steve, where you'd, you'd be in the middle, of, you'd be in the city, at a, at a red light and you see a kid doing a wheelie beside your car, that'd be me. That'd be me. I'd be in a, a, on a dirt, uh, not on a dirt bike, on a regular bike um, with a little... <laughs> you were on the dirt a lot. I was, got, I was in the dirt. <laughs> I was in the dirt a lot and I had a bike, but I didn't have a dirt bike. I'd have the little juicy, little uh, juice thing in the back of my car, in the back of my bike, back wheel, to make it sound like a dirt bike. The huggy, sorry. And I'd be doing... Uh, that was me. <laughs> um, so I had an attachment to it and this kid pug that they follow throughout the film, seeing him grow and become <laughs> a very charismatic kid. Um, and this film was shot over the course of seven years, six, six, six or seven years. Um, but I think that they were kind of struggling to find a story and they stumbled upon pug kind of in the middle of filming it and it became about this kid. So um, I actually went to a screening uh, with the whole cast there um and uh they did a little q a but i I thought it was pretty amazing but uh steve what do you think about it i i actually uh we tried to see this at the film festival last last summer yes we did and it was such a sensation there was a closing night film and and every screening for it was sold out really quickly so i was excited to finally see it i did enjoy the film i I don't think i 
I don't think I loved it as much as you did. It's mm-hmm. really, it really is interesting, especially coming from the other side of my exposure to what you had, mm-hmm. um, not being very familiar with it outside of what I see either when I'm in the city or, you know, on the news. Cause right. it's usually kind of framed around a negative news story when you hear about it, like, you know, cops not being able to chase these kids in the streets when they're on their dirt bikes. And it just, it doesn't sound good to somebody who's not aware of what it really is. And it does kind of frame it in a different way in the film, kind of showing how, whether you call it a gang or a pack or whatever you want to call them, that in some ways, a lot of these members, especially the, cause some of them are kids like these, this kid, like 12 years old or whatever he was and some of them are like men in their 30s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that there's kids in here and there's also but there's also mentors and like some of these guys are some sort of focus for these kids and specifically the the, the central character pug which is kind of interesting you know i never really thought about it like that and i guess when you kind of see the inner workings of it it's it still kind of it still kind of disturbs me a little bit you know oh, that, yeah. that that that's so that that is the mentor um not to say I have anything to judge against who these characters are because I don't know them more than how this filmmaker framed them in this film. Right. But, you know, you see the families, and I think there's just a bigger problem when you watch a movie like this that I was affected by, and that's just access to opportunities and responsibilities and things like that for kids that live in the oh, city. Yeah. There's a movie that I worked on, or I did a lot, some publicity for it back at my old job that was about kids from Baltimore City called The Boys of Baraka. It's a documentary about kids that were pulled out of Baltimore City Public Schools and sent to um, the Baraka school, I think it was in Kenya. Yeah. And just kind of study about like how taking these kids out of the element, is it the, is, is it the system that's the problem or the kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was a really interesting take on it because, you know, these kids go over there and some of them really succeed and some of them don't. Especially when they come back to their house, you know, or to their home or to their city, to their family. Yeah. So this movie reminded me a lot about that because you see these family members and you see these, you know, you see somebody pass away in the film and, and how it impacts Pug. Mm. And and or lack of impact, you know, and and showing what happens. Not not the way that the that the character passes away, but just you know, I don't know. Things just don't feel as I can't think of the word. Like think inspired. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I just feel like something happens in the movie, and it doesn't seem like a, a wake up call or like yeah. a things are not infinite. You know, yeah. even though they feel that way when you're on this bike or when they're you're a part of this group, and some of these men that are still in this group who are the stars, quote-unquote, of this group, are bragging about their YouTube views and this and that, but you still struggle to find where their connection to anything else is, yeah. which is what worries me about seeing a kid aspire to be that. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't, it does makes, it make sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense. It's just, it's a sad situation. I mean, like, That's what worries me. That's like yeah, it's, it's a more rough... upsetting to me. It's more of like an emotional thing for that main character, especially the last shot of the movie. Which is kind of bookend from the front to back. Yeah, the way he succeeds is, yeah, a, is a way it, that you're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, uh, should I be happy that that happened? Or <laughs> yeah. he's happy. It's great. But his though. eyes are like, am I? You know, he, he kind of yeah. looks unsure of what just happened. And it, it's kind of interesting how it ends. Yeah. But, um. Well, I mean, not having seen yeah. it, obviously, but does, do you feel like the movie takes a, a stance on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing? No, I don't think so. I think it's it's more of a objective. Like it's it's a slice of life movie. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have any. I mean, it it really feels very more more slice of life than anything else, and because of that, it's rawer than you would expect 
a situation with a little kid to be in. So does and it track him over a long period of time, or is it over like, a pretty compressed three, two or three years? Okay, well, yeah, it's a few. It's it's got seasons, and yeah. I think. Um, so you see him grow up a little bit. He goes from ten to thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a good amount of time, and and it's actually up until like late two thousand thirteen. It's like pretty pretty. Yeah, it shows like the winter. Yeah. of, of two thousand thirteen. So okay. it's it's pretty. I think there obviously must have been changes to yeah. it when it oh, played yeah. at the festival. Um, I agree though. I think it's kind of more of a just a a look at something. I don't yeah. think the filmmaker really takes a stance on it. I think he's asking the subject. And kind of trying to pull out what his interest is and, and why this is such an important thing yeah. for some of these kids in the in the city and, and they really do view it as like a inspirational thing. Like yeah. these kids are inspired by these men and you know these 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 members of this pack. Um, I think you know because it's something they can attach to and something they can feel like a part of. Uh, yeah. But I think it's a, it's a beautiful documentary though. I think yeah. it looks great. I mean, this is P- part. Of- Part of my issue with it is like, uh, it's kind of like, it's like the inside part of stuff that you think is beautiful, but also because it is such a sensitive thing, race and and treatment of people. Sorry, that it it feels very like exploitative at times, like almost like uh, like almost too much. Like uh, Dave Chappelle said this thing where like. He his last season before he left, he realized that during the course of um, the TV show, he would tell a joke. He would be like, this is the sketch. But then he noticed that people were laughing at him and not with him. Right. So the problem with that is like for somebody like me or maybe even you two that, that have some like understanding, some understanding, understanding of how it works, mm-hmm. you know, like how people come into the system of like shittiness and can't get out and these yeah. are the things that they need right showing this to a group of people that may not know that whole piece yeah. puzzle that whole picture that create that creates this shittiness where these are the things that thrill people these are the things that make people feel like they're getting out when you're so should you're, people be required to watch season four of the wire, <laughs> the wire yeah. before watching it almost, feels, it almost feels like that you know what i mean like you know? that's the that's the problem with it that is that's the, the tagline on the on the post yeah. <laughs> the wire watch. with wheels yeah, yeah. It says. It, oh but, yeah but that's okay. what it is like, that's what it sounds i mean it's like because of that sort of neutral portrait you guys are seeming yeah. to indicate that it is that's what it that's what it was making me think of is that it's a little unflinching maybe it because is. even in the description of it it's hard it doesn't sound unpleasant or bad or wrong, you know what I mean. Yeah. But when you think about what that says about the people in that environment, and and like what opportunities do you have, and anything that's the the least bit positive and kind of constructive that you can be part of, yeah. It, I, I don't know. At that age, there's yeah, just so many different ways you could go. You know, there are parts there are parts where Pug reminds me of things that I used to feel when I was a kid. He's like, you you wake up and you don't know what you're gonna hear about a people on the block you somebody may die somebody might not die somebody may get hurt somebody might get stabbed that sort of idea mm-hmm. is a strange thing hearing from a little kid and you don't hear it very often on film and that is the part that kind of shakes me up a little bit like i'm like uh like i don't i don't feel like everybody should see this if that's the thing but i know it's gonna i know that this is gonna be on netflix soon and i know that people are gonna be able to see it on a larger scale and it it's a good story. It needs to be told, but like you know, uh, um, was was Pug at the screening? Pug was at the screening. The, what 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 do you 
take to be his understanding of <laughs> he kind of the, what you know what I mean the way the movie takes his life and, and translates it. it. Does he, he seem aware it. of what's of what's going on, or is he? He seems very aware. He's a he's a sharp guy. I think that with with people like Pug and people that don't really have a voice, any voice from this portion of Baltimore, from this portion of life, is a good thing. Yeah, for some people. Um, his mom was kind of interesting, like felt yeah. kind of, yeah, she was at the, at the screening, she spoke about the film, like she was more involved than she really was. Really? So she'd be like, we did this. Mm-hmm. So they'd ask Pug a question and she'd be like, we did, I, it made me f- yeah, cringe. That's awkward. that's awkward. Yeah. It was weird, man. The, uh, the only trying thing... to glom on a little bit to the, oh, absolutely. to the, yeah. oh, but I mean, yeah. to the awkward non-fame of being the subject of a yeah. semi-depressing documentary i mean do you really want to like when you're watching it she doesn't strike you as a bad mom that's yeah. not the thing it's just uh, no I... it, it's that thing <laughs> where like you you she could do more but you, oh totally she could do more but in for for a mom for moms that i was around growing up she is doing a hell of a job. Really? A hell of a job. Okay. I mean, just even saying, don't be a shitty person. Don't do this. Go to school. You, go to school. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You want to be a veterinarian. You're a good You're a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you love pets. Don't run in the street. It's a, it's a big step you up. You know what and, really bothered me? Thinking of loving pets. Kicking a dog. When his dog was at, rubbing his leg at and the, he kicked him, at, that pissed me at off. At the screening, at the screening. People were pissed. Complete silence. Oh, I bet. It was completely. Yeah, that was awkward. It was I a weird. I did not like that scene. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, the, the only thing, I, last thing I wanted to say is like the the thing for me that was like a silver lining, I guess, is that it does give you a little bit of a glimpse in that this is actually probably as much as as striking as it is to me, and and some other people that aren't exposed to it as much, it does still seem like the lesser of other evils. Which yeah. Yes. Is to think a really interesting thing that to which be is made cra- aware of and like yeah. to leave the movie thinking about like this. This kid could be down the street dealing drugs, like yeah. the guys he just walked past, but he's riding a dirt bike, you know, like it's a strange uh, thing to think about. Yeah. Or he oh, could yeah. fall or or he could be doing a wheelie, flip down, <laughs> bust his head open on yeah, the I mean That's a strange sure. thing, because a kid died in the movie. Like there's a kid while while they're riding around that just dies in the middle of the street. He like they show him you can't really see what's happened to his head. He's done. He mm. fell off the bike running from the cops. And that's that's does that seem to be a a, like a a shattering occurrence or does that seem to be something that just happens you know what i mean it just happens is that just you know what i mean is it yeah yeah this guy won't be the won't be the last and he wasn't the first to die doing this yeah yeah yeah, exactly but you don't get the you don't get the sense that it happens all the time although Mm -hmm. one character does say that it happens all the time i don't think it does I, i mean like i think that people get hurt but my gathering from from what they said even in the screening is that it doesn't happen very often Right. But when it happens, it you know, that cops aren't allowed to chase them, which is a big part of the film, and a lot of cops do not abide by those rules. And there's an instance of a of a gentleman that passed away because he was chased and supposedly oh. hit, and his body launched like 50 feet in the air. That's crazy. They had like a diagram of it. It looked like ridiculous, and he smashed through. Uh, the window of another car. So I, I don't know. I think I think it's worth checking out. I just think yeah, that, I, I'd recommend it too. Yeah, no, it sounds really it's interesting. Just, I think thing, it's really interesting. It really is. I, I understand what Steve's saying. There's a part of it that just feels very like this cannot be the only thing that these kids can do. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, 
and I love the idea that like they're out there doing crazy shit. Like, but the other side is they have people that love them, and if they go, if they die, if they, yeah. So, so were the filmmakers? Were they are they of the world that they're documenting, no. or are they approaching um, the it with guy, like a, the guy that directed it? He's from uh, like Great Britain. He was a Micah student. Yeah, he's a Micah student. Uh, Started as like a student. lofty Nathan. Yeah. Um, and now he doesn't strike me as a person, but he struck you as a person that would be <laughs> that would be in that environment. But you can tell that he, through the four or five years or six years that he was around them, yeah. they got to a point where like. The film, the footage that they have, you had to be a certain level of genuine to get. Well, when you, you're the, you know the neutral mean? tone you're describing, you don't get that by having like this overriding point of view. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. I, you don't yeah. go into that. Like it doesn't sound like one of those really manipulative documentaries. Think, think Vice. Think Vice. If you've ever seen anything Vice, it's that level of like almost like, well, how did they allow them to get this far in and say the things that they say and not? feeling like they were incriminating themselves and yeah. i think he made them feel like they were empowering themselves by filming it and they were they are in a lot of ways there's some phantom shots in there that are almost like breath like breathtaking seeing them on wheelies and kind of in those moments kind of making these faces like really proud and throwing up their hands and it's it's crazy it's a crazy movie i check it out i didn't mean to talk your head off oh no I'm, but yeah. I'm intrigued by it so steve well, you've seen a lot of I've new seen, movies. I've seen a you? lot. I've seen a lot of movies. Yeah, like theatrical of, releases. Theatrical. Release. I'll just what I'll do is I'll just run through everything but the one that you and I both saw yeah. and loved. And, and maybe we'll I'll chime in and say that, that I've seen mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So okay. of movies that are either in theaters now or recently on demand, <clears throat> uh, I've seen a lot. Okay. I've seen. I'm going to give you. I don't want to be a dick and just say yes, no to yeah. these movies, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on them very long. Okay? Sure, <laughs> most of them don't deserve my time. We can always go back to our old system of uh, hold up. That's one you don't go see. Hold up. Um, wait for it. Wait for it. That's wait for video, and then like yeah, go ahead. Hold up. Wait for it. Go ahead. G- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so the first would be uh, the romantic comedy, that awkward moment with uh, Zac Efron, Michael B. Jordan, and my boy Miles Teller. Um, I would say wait for it yeah. for that one. Not very funny for a for a comedy. The only reason I'd say wait for it is if you like Miles Teller because he is really charismatic and just I think he is going to be a star someday. How are the it. other people? Are not good. No, Zac Efron not funny in this film. He looks really. It looks like that film Neighbors coming out in the summer is going to be like the one. Yeah, he looks funny in that. Actually. But I don't know, man. Like his his character is kind of a dick, and I don't know. There's there's no there's not many redeeming qualities throughout the film. Oh, wow. Even Michael B. Jordan seems weirdly out of place in this film. Like I guess coming off of seeing him in Fruitvale Station, and even knowing him from other projects, uh, mainly like Friday Night Lights and things mm-hmm. like that. He's kind of like the straight guy in terms of how funny he is in this movie, but what he's doing in his story arc with his with his wife and their problems did not work for me. And uh, Imogen Poots, as uh, with an English speaking accent, or she speaks English, but without her British accent, awkward is all hell for me. That was the awkward moment of this movie was listening to her speak without an accent. Very weird. Does so, she does she poot a lot in this movie? <laughs> she poots all over the place. <laughs> that is so gross. All through the all through the streets she of is New York. Disgusting. Uh, so That's yeah, gross. wait for that. Uh, the other one I saw was uh, what? I'm just sorry for that. Poots. Uh, was Labor Day? I always laugh at her name, so How I have to. How the fuck did you go see that movie? Well, okay, you know what? 
I'm going to back up a little bit because what was the first one? Hold up. Hold up. Okay, so let me back up. Hold up. <laughs> so that awkward moment is a hold up. Yeah. Actually, just don't even worry about that movie. Don't even right. wait for it. Don't even wait for it. I will say, though, wait for Labor Day. Really? Some people, I think, really would enjoy this film. I think it's gotten horrible marketing. It does not feel like a Jason Reitman film. He's definitely going for something else with this movie. Right. And, and from my information and not being very familiar with its back history or whatever, like it's a book based off a novel, very much like a Nicholas Sparks novel, but more adult skewing. Yeah. And it feels like it on the screen. Um Josh Brolin and Kate Winslet have amazing chemistry, though, on this really? film. And that's kind of like the thing that got me, that kept me into this film. Um, I heard there's an erotic pie-making scene. There is. It's very what? much like ghost-ish. That's what the, I heard. Potter, it's kind of, that scene's kind of weird. Some critic, weird. I, I forget who it was, but someone I read said that it, that it was they, the, like a campy love scene that rivals the pottery wheel scene from Ghost. That, it, it does. Yeah. It's very like, for me, it's it's kind of weird and awkward to watch because yeah. it's like not even, it's just <laughs> as dirty as a pottery wheel, you know? It's like fucking like pie crust and butter and peaches, <laughs> things like that. Anyway, but when when you and Aaron make a pie, you, you guys don't make a night of it. Yeah, we, we just we just buy it frozen and let it thaw out. <laughs> that's a very that's a very roundabout way to ask if you make whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look much like that, so maybe I'm doing something wrong. Uh, but make, yeah, the, the make movie... whoopee. <laughs> The, the 70s. No, I know. I was thinking <laughs> that's Bob Eubanks on the dating game. Yeah, the, or, dating or the newlywed game. game. Yeah. yeah, big whoopee. But yeah, I don't know. The, the movie is. I think it will find an audience somewhere. Like only because of I think the story is kind of interesting, and and it it asks you to kind of like just go with it a lot because some right. of the things you're like, why would they ever, why would she ever say yes to this or that mm-hmm. that quickly? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of cool because it's all told from the perspective of the son, and it's kind of like he's looking back on what happened. It's got this stupid like kind of perfect ending sort of thing, but. There's a lot in the middle that works, so I would say like it, I think it's gonna find an audience, and I would say to maybe wait for that one. Hmm. Um, hmm. It, I, only because it surprised me. I had no interest yeah, yeah, in seeing yeah. it. Well, I, I mean, was it's, surprised it's how much I has, like them together. Right. It's one that has been getting pretty bad press too. So a lot of times that softens the blow when you Absolutely. finally see a movie. Absolutely. Uh, the, the other one I saw was Ride Along. <laughs> I wanted to just kind of see that. Hold up or hold back, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Just uh, no. Kevin Hart's a funny guy, and I guess he's having a moment, and he. You know, I'm curious to see how, like, About Last Night plays out now that it's out and what happens to him throughout this year. But um, he has funny moments in the film, but the movie's horrible. Mm. Um, so is About Last Night, like, an official remake of About Last Night? Yeah. Okay. It, it's a remake of... Uh, yeah, it is a remake. It's It's got some different angles to it, but it's pretty close. And, yeah, not a fan of that either. Is he... <laughs> is he Jim Belushi? Yes. Is Kevin Hart Jim Belushi yeah. or is he Rob Lowe? Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, how does that feel to be Kevin Hart and realize that, like, you've had all this great success and you're maybe one of the biggest names in stand-up, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, in terms of your movie career, you're you're just now sliding into the shoes of Jim Belushi <laughs> as far as, like, where <laughs> right. you're at. He, I mean, I think his, I hope his career doesn't go the way of uh, Eddie Murphy. Well, let's hope, but Eddie Murphy for his sake, let's hope it movies. does go the way of yeah, Eddie Murphy's say, for about mean? 10 years or something like that. But, but Eddie Murphy had good movies to start off, and then, oh yeah, he'd... Kevin Hart hasn't had a lot, any good movies, really. Well, I mean, Eddie Murphy, you would probably be hard-pressed to, like, to scoff at his ratio until around the time that, like, Boomerang, and then, like, yeah. a Vampire in Brooklyn, or whatever that was called. Like, there was a period where he, everything think, he did was sort of a hit, yeah. it seemed. And I think then, Boomerang and then was it, his last good and, one, and then it just went... Yeah. 
When did Harlem Nights fit into that? That was before. I loved Harlem Nights. Well, that's one that's Ooh. like at least contentious, but like you know, I'm, I'm glad that you've seen that. Yeah, that makes me feel really good. Yeah, sometimes I feel like talking to people about movies like that. They're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> Harlem Nights was so good. Well, I remember. I don't remember it being that good, but I remember it having moments that I yeah. liked. It was like one of those cable movies that I would watch. I love you know, it, man. and it, it did have. The, I mean, at that time, I was pretty. I've always, at that age especially, you know. Growing up at that time, Eddie Murphy was the funniest thing anyone had ever seen. Sure. So it, yeah. it was sort of like, it was hard when he, but when he, it's a cliche to say that someone got less hungry, but I do think at some point That's his probably... comedy didn't seem like it was related to anything. Like there was no real relationship between his persona and the audience. He seemed yeah. like he was this celebrity. Yeah. And, and the, I don't know, I felt like, I, I don't know that he's made a movie that has felt that kind of like gritty personal sort of film, you know? So who knows what, if Kevin Hart will will have that kind of string of hits or not. But he definitely... He, I always laugh at him in trailers. Like, I laughed at him in the trailer for Ride Along. Right, I'm saying he has moments in the film that are really... I mean, like the scene from the trailer where he shoots the gun and yeah. the fly. That scene is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, the physical comedy in that scene is great. But just, you know, it's it's very cookie-cutter and, you know, I don't know. It's I watched but the, it's a huge hit. I mean, it's, The first five minutes where Ice Cube is chasing somebody and there's a... Uh, electric car yeah. that comes up. He's like, Oh, what the car? And then he waves it away and gets a four wheeler. Like man, I mean, he gets a truck, a big truck. Like uh, environmentally irresponsible is that? So so what silly, what a jerk. Man. So, so then you walked out of the movie theater just five minutes into the movie, Ronald. Yeah, yeah, I did, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done with done this. with this <laughs> trash can. That's where my popcorn went. I'm not even gonna ask for a <laughs> refund. Keep my money. <laughs> oh, what this car? <laughs> <laughs> uh two two more real quick uh the monuments men oh yeah hold up hold up no really? not a fan <laughs> Poop up. amazing cast and that's enough to keep you watching the film but um more and more it became apparent that if they really had to get some effect shots ready in time for oscar season they probably could have <laughs> yeah, yeah. this movie because that was the story they gave yeah, and no, i was no. i was i was inclined to believe it mm-hmm. because i just don't think of george clooney as a as like a a a guy who would have any reason to 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 lie about that, you know. But at the same time, it does seem apparent with that cast that if there if this movie was gonna be one of those that was gonna really grab people, they would have figured out a way to get they it out. Get it just out. like oh, with Wolf of Wall Street, absolutely. they would have gotten a release in on time. You know, you're totally right. Yeah, there's just the thing that I walked out of the theater watching this film thinking is that it felt so mild to me. Like it, fe- and maybe it's intentional to feel like some of the films of the era, but it's just. The music and just, or the score and the music, which is okay, I guess, because it's framed around that time, that period in time, but just, it's, it, it was, I was bored, man. It was just like, really? I wasn't looking for war action because I know that's not what the movie was about. Right. But then there's, there's a couple, like, you know, other small plot lines, storylines that never really go anywhere that just seem so wasted. Um, like a lot of stuff with like Russia's involvement in the whole, in the whole story. Um, it just felt like a really vain project afterwards. Like it felt like a let's get all the guys together and do this story that no one's ever heard of and not make it interesting. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt walking out of it. So I'd say hold off on that. <clears throat> the last one I'll say was um, open last week is actually the RoboCop remake. Yeah, I was really you surprised saw it and I liked it. You liked you it? Bastard. I did. I knew that you would like it. I did. But I'll, did you say, feel like... I'll say go for it or go get it or whatever John Scale is. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I got to write these down. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, go ahead. With, 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 the, with, the, with the caution of don't, if you can. I mean, I love RoboCop. What do you the want original. to say? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that movie. Oh, okay, good. Like, it is a remake, but 
slash restructuring new take on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the through line is there. What the movie is and who the you know what the you know you expect from some of the story yeah. is there. But I think it's actually really smart for being like I think it's a really smart sci-fi entry into, especially coming out in February. It seemed weird to me that I liked it as much as I did. Um, I love Joel Kinnaman from The Killing. He's out uh, Murphy in this film. Just a really good cast. I mean, I think that's the one thing that a lot of people were saying after the screening was like, surprisingly, a really charismatic and well put together cast. Michael Keaton is awesome as the CEO of Omnicore. Mm. Gary Oldman's great. Uh, Joel Kinnaman. Um, Jay Baruchel has a role in it, which is kind of some of his stuff doesn't work, but he's kind of there to be the dick that he's the marketing guy that has all the great big ideas about how to make Robocop work. Okay. But uh, some funny, some from funny parts, but um, well, so does it have the satirical edge that the, that the original had? It does. And that's the last thing I was going to say was the bookends and even, even kind of like what drives us through the plot line is Sam Jackson's character. He's like basically an anchor for uh, Morpheus. Yeah. Morpheus. Obviously <laughs> Morpheus. Yeah. Uh, Great Super Bowl ads, yeah. by the way. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, he, he's. If you're listening, Mr. Jackson, he, I loved you as Vitruvius in the Lego Movie. Yeah, you were great. He, he, his character is, is is hilarious. Like he's like an anchor for a network that's obviously pro robot and pro technology and everything. And it's it's obviously a similar take on the how the original RoboCop started and you know how those scenes are in that film. But I, I don't think as it's as blatantly. Uh, satirical as as the original is i think there's definitely some like things that they're trying to say which is why i feel like this one almost feels a little smarter to me in some ways it's not just like a poking fun at different things and i think there's some different ways that are trying to apply this idea to today's world Mm -hmm. you know in in terms of terrorists and you know Mm. wars that this country is involved in now things like that so it's not great it's not great by any means but um it surprised me the action is really good some of the gun play scenes are really good and uh, for Jose Padilla's first English language film, I think he's done a really great job. Did you uh, you like Judge Dredd? I do like Judge. Dredd. Did you feel the same way about it? Because I what? love Judge Dredd. I mean, like just you mean just... Dread or Judge Dredd? Dread. The, 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 the one with one? the one that came out recently. The one with yeah. Carl Urban, Carl not Urban. the one with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I really liked it. Me too. Surprised me. I feel like I feel like that's how I reacted to RoboCop. Okay. I don't well, think that's it's good. so. Don't quote me. It's not great. But I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. And uh, they definitely seem to be setting it up for possible franchise if it does well enough. Mm. So I say go ahead. Um, I had fun with it. Yeah. You can you can tell me how much you hated it later. But uh, I'm, oh. don't... That's it. Just don't go in looking for a remake. <laughs> Seriously, the, every, anybody that had anything negative to say... You reacted every, like every, somebody said something to you in your ear. Like, yeah. I don't believe it. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Though, yeah, like, yeah, immediately it. when it's over, the first... Like, the negative is just... Oh, that's not. It's it. I know RoboCop. But that's not RoboCop. <laughs> okay, like I get that. But what about the movie you just watched? Not always like checking off your checklist through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you can go in and not do that, I think you'd probably enjoy the movie. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you know how I feel about remakes. I do reimaginings, but I'm I'm really looking forward to this movie. So, well, I really love the original, and I I do think that it. Like I, I feel like it had smart satire too. So if you're saying that the new one actually continues with that thread, it does. I'm, I'm that that's you're the first person I've heard actually indicate that it still has that element. I in think it. it does. I think it feels different though because I don't think they. I think the other film was sort of ahead of its time in terms of the way it was going about putting it on the screen, mm-hmm. and I think 
it's been done a lot now. So how do you do it and have the same impact when right. you watch the first RoboCop now? It's not going to be the same reaction. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But it's interesting the way, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just interesting that it's still able to kind of get it to come across that it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel stale by any means. And some of it is really funny. I mean, like some of the stuff with Sam Jackson's character, like how like obviously biased he is as a, you know, they're doing these debates and it's just like how he basically shuts down another character, literally shuts the character down like a hologram. <laughs> he closes it and like, okay, that's enough of that guy back to you. And he's like letting the other guy just drive his point home. Like mm. it's interesting to see how, how manipulated all that is, especially when a company is behind it and, you know, driving a purpose through it. It's, it's good. It was fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed I'll it. Check it out. So go ahead. The last one John and I can both talk to, and it's it's absolutely the first great movie of this year. And a, and a, and a surprise opinion. for a like in terms of a February movie, this is a real a, a real shock <laughs> to see a movie this. I mean, I knew it looked good though. I think you and I both yeah. from the first trailer thought it looked good. I've heard a lot of people. We're talking about the Lego movie. I, yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes we 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 build up the suspense, and then we never actually say the name of the movie. <laughs> but we're talking about the Lego movie. Uh, I, you know, the first trailer I saw, I thought it looked funny and and smart and looked like it was going to hit all those nostalgia beats that we like, but it looked like something kind of fresh. And it actually looked like kind of an, a statement, almost like an, a push against computer-generated imagery, because even though it's CGI, they've done all these tricks to make it look like stop motion. Yeah. And I heard where they said that they even use some of the, the cheats, the techniques you use in stop motion, where you repeat frames mm. and you flip things around. They did that digitally. <laughs> You know, what? and like the, staying within the world, like down to the sound design with a little clickety clack of all the Lego pieces and stuff. They they managed to keep it feeling so low tech and so uh, like tactile that it really feels like a a different. I mean, you know, obviously people. The quick thing to say is it's a it's an hour and a half long toy commercial. But like, even if you're not cynical about that, and even if you like Lego and you go into it for an un unironic experience, I was surprised at how quickly it set up a world. That was like really fun to look at and just kept moving and kept moving. And by the time it was at like minute 10 or 15, there had been 50 great jokes. Yeah. And, and, and it was, it, it, it doesn't maintain that pace for the entire runtime, but it's one of those movies where like the first third of it is just a miracle. It's just, the, it mm. moves at such a clip. And it's so the economy with which things are introduced and the way that it's like, it's an adventure story, but it's also a parody of an adventure story. And it's a kid's movie. And it's one of those movies with a message about, like you know how you play, and it's got it's got all these different things wrapped up into one in in, in a just an I mean an unusually sophisticated package. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like it's rare yeah. to see something that well imagined, and the fact that this seems like it should be like a summer tentpole release, the fact that it comes out in February is really a big surprise to it everybody. It does, but now that I think about it, like it's doing so well, and I think the word of mouth is ridiculous, and it's competing against nothing. Yeah. So I think this is like maybe a part of the strategy that they had. They knew they had, I think, a hit on their hands. And even for what they were expecting, the movie outperformed that. It's got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. 96. 96. And I'm, all right, so first and foremost, I'm not really a big fan of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not. Okay. But <laughs> when some movies have like crazy high percentages like that, I can't help but wonder how good that movie is. Well, and sure. they normally are as good as the rating Sure, is. you're right. Because if you get into those things that like hover in that like 50, 60 to yeah, you 75, want, 80, like that yeah. sounds super generic to me. That means yeah. nothing. But mm -hmm. but 90 and above makes me feel like I got to see this movie. Absolutely. 
Especially and, and, and the other thing, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I think it's visually uh. stunning. It is so amazingly made. I mean, it's not just, and, and I felt you you were sitting next to me at the movie, yeah. and I heard you go like, oh, a couple of times. <laughs> like, it wasn't just the look of the world. It was when, when they would do like smoke or fire yes. or water, oh and they would use Legos for that. Like, everything it was, was done with so Legos. It was so well you know? thought oh. out. Like, there's so much care put really, into this yeah. movie. Uh, we've talked about these, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the directors of this, and... 21 Jump Street and Clouded Chance Meatballs. Like, they definitely have something. Yeah. Like, they're super aware of their material. They know how to work every angle of it, and it's so well thought out. Mm. Like John just said, like, when they go underwater or when something explodes or somebody steps and there's a ripple in, 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 the, in the substrate, it's all in Legos, mm-hmm. and it looks amazing. And even like when it, he's in the shower too, and it's like yeah, it's, it's hitting him, blocks. and it's like the little it's the little round Lego pieces <laughs> that are just piling up around him, but they're kind of changing and like like the way soap suds would do, they're yeah, building yeah. up and going down and building up uh. and going. And when he gets one in his eye, it's basically it's like just like all <laughs> over his eye, gets soap in his eye. That's and really and cool. the voice cast is just amazing. Yeah, too. I mean, there's there's so many good things about this movie. I I mean, I can't wait to see it again. But looking at it after the film, we were like, I think we were even talking after the movie, like even with my girlfriend, we were like, who. Who could you identify from that film? Like every a lot, almost all that like, you would have a conversation about current comedy stars. Mm. A lot of them are in the in in, in the voice cast for this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even. Uh, Chris Pratt is is the lead. I love Chris Pratt's Will voice. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Elizabeth Banks. Will Arnett. Allison Brie. Charlie Day. Nick Offerman. Uh, Channing Tatum. Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keegan Michael Key. I mean, it's just and, and Morgan Freeman is great Morgan too Freeman, yeah. in a role that uh, I was referring to him earlier when I made the Vitruvius joke. But he plays <laughs> the kind of Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Why did I? Well, I said that strangely. <laughs> the Obi Wan Kenobi type character, and and it's a it's a brilliant parody of the sort of mentor character because it's like, what if you had the mentor who really didn't know anything? Like, what if you had a mentor who just made up prophecies and didn't really know what was going on? <laughs> That sounds good. It's it really a, is it's, good, it's, it's and it's good, really man. smart. The movie plays with the the idea of do you go by the instructions that are in the box, or do you just dump all the bricks out and make make stuff? And you know, do you oh. improvise? And the movie breaks that down into two different character it's, types. Yeah, man. But it's broader than just Lego. I mean, that all sounds like it's very focused on a toy, but it's much more about how you play and what kind of boundaries you set on yourself. I think I think this movie itself is kind of a testament to that whole idea. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of just doing something different and. If that's what you choose to do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just the way they, they make this film and the way that that, uh, that message comes across, especially towards the end. I think it's super effective, and the movie, I thought, was I thought it was incredible, honestly. I thought it was definitely yeah. the first great movie I've seen this year, and it surprised me that it came out in the beginning of February. I don't know if another movie is going to top this for sheer fun and humor. It will be hard. And, and like, visual spectacle. You, it's, it's amazing how... By putting limitations and making it low tech, it opens it back up to amazing you with what they can do. It's, it's really well thought out, man. Yeah. It's like you look around the shots and you're like, where does it not be? Cons- where is it not consistent? But it's it is throughout everything mm-hmm. in that film. Yeah. It's like uh, like the, some of the scenes in like Wreck It Ralph, like when they're party, like the party that they're having. Yeah. The way that they made that intentionally look like that. It, that that's how this movie is. Mm-hmm. I actually, and I, I actually liked it a lot more than Wreck-It Ralph. I mean, which really? I mean, I've really enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph, but something about uh, the cast—I don't know—something about it just uh, it connected in a different way with me, especially in the you know, even if it got a little heartstringy. And of course, the catchiest song in the world is is in Everything the movie. Everything is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
That's got to be our outro for this. So, episode. so they've already um, that are making Whoopi. I was thinking about that <laughs> when you, um, the. Um, have you heard about the news? They've already ta- started talking about making a sequel, which seems to make sense. But they actually greenlit that the week before the movie came out. But uh, Lord and Miller aren't the writers on it. Really? Which to me seems like a major misstep because wow. if there's anything about this movie that I came out of it saying was that script was great. You agreed, know, agreed. so like getting different people to write it—that's kind of what happened with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah, I was going to say that. So it's like, are they the guys who make the brilliant first movie and don't get to make Hand the brilliant off. second movie? Well, they're doing Twenty Two 22 Jump, Street, Jump Street. So, uh, I didn't know that it was different writers. But I mean, who knows? What surprised me though? With this type of film, though, that could be that they start it. You know what I mean? Those those scripts tend to go through so many hands. Yeah. Maybe they they will bring them on, but it seems like a mistake simply because what they're probably trying to do is get this movie in the pipeline quickly. And I bet that uh, Lord and Miller are already sort of on. already sort of tapped for that sort of thing. So mm. agreed. Yeah, you got to see it, Ronald. I want to see what you think when you do. That's yeah. all. That's all I got, guys. I, I actually have one movie that I saw that is. I just feel like there's no way I'm going to have watched this movie and not get to unload about mm. it so uh even though it's not a recent well it's it came out last year it's not a movie that just hit theaters but i i finally caught a movie that we all thought looked good when we saw the trailer and then word of mouth was terrible and i never got around to seeing it in the theater but right now it's on google play and it's not worth the five dollars on google play but Whoa. the counselor oh, oh shit no. i wanted to see that wow oh man i mean this movie really I wish I had seen this a few weeks ago because it would have been on my worst. It was it's like such a wow. it's such a great it's but it's conflicting. It's not that it's horrible. It's got mm-hmm. Ridley Scott. We're talking about the the Ridley Scott thriller which the the pedigree of directed by Ridley Scott and from an original screenplay by Cormac McCarthy and um you know the, the cast Michael Fassbender, Javier Bardem, Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, you know, what what you going to do? Brad Pitt. <laughs> um it's a great cast with like one scene from Dean Norris and John Leguizamo, and it's it 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 feels very much like a book, and it's you know it being written by a novelist that makes yeah. sense. But the way that a novel will have like a chapter that has like a couple of characters that you don't see anywhere else in the book, or the way that a book's dialogue will unfold in this mysterious way, it felt very writerly in that sense. But it felt like a very pretentious script mm. where everyone involved seemed to be saying. These are the words of Cormac McCarthy, the great author. And I feel like Ridley Scott, I mean, I might be wrong, but it felt like Ridley Scott and all the actors and everybody else were getting out of the way of this brilliant, quote unquote, dialogue written by this author that everyone respects. As the movie went on and I began to kind of engage with it as like a piece of camp trash, it did sort of improve. I did sort of start to enjoy it. But if you know uh, Cormac McCarthy's work, especially if you've seen No Country for Old Men, which, you know, has the same kind of bleakness as this, there is no like moral relief in his movies frequently it's about how people get caught up in things they can't control and and that's that for them and this movie definitely has that trajectory there's no real rootable interest michael fassbender is kind of a cipher he plays a character that's so bland and i don't know if the movie was trying to do a clever thing where it's called the counselor and and everyone calls him counselor to the extent that like within a scene they'll say i'll tell you what counselor and hey counselor you know like everybody calls him counselor five times in every scene but they're always the ones giving him advice and he never seems to give anyone advice uh. but i don't know if they were trying to do that you know that may have been like a really intentional thing yeah. but it also may just be a, a a mistake that he's an underdeveloped character yeah. but um I mean, it, you know you've got a weird movie when I am watching a movie and Rosie Perez pops up in it, and I don't think she's the worst thing in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> when she pops up, her scene's actually not that bad. But, I mean, there's just weird things in it, like 
Like Rosie Perez plays a woman in prison who when something happens to her son outside of prison, she wakes up in the middle of the night as though she has like a psychic connection with her son. Mm. Rosie Perez has a psychic connection with her son in this movie. This is this is the kind of film that we're dealing with here. There are some kind of memorably gory death scenes. And I will say that Brad Pitt does reasonably well with some of the dialogue because you know how he has that kind of stiff delivery mm-hmm. anyway? It works with this sort of poetic dialogue. Oh, right. And I think Javier Bardem is too um, like energetic and magnetic of an actor not to make his scenes work to some extent. And Cameron Diaz throws herself into it. Nobody's not trying. It's just it's a lot of really talented people working really hard with a script that they all seem to think is just brilliant. And you are watching it, and you just can see the you can see the seams on it. You can see the the you know what I mean. Those kind of writerly things. People who just don't talk that way. Yeah. And and when you when you're let when the movie is set up with a pace that's supposed to let all these brilliant lines just sink in, you just start to feel sort of uh, insulted almost by it. Uh, but but I would really be interested to know what you guys think because yeah, it, do, it does it does have all the trappings and yeah, kind of polish of a of a Ridley Scott film. Um, I didn't even know Ridley Scott did it. Well, what I'd read somewhere was that Cameron Diaz, her character, they do mention her character being from Barbados. And at one point she says, you Americans, about something. And it's not clear that she's not from America. I'd heard that she did the entire movie in a Rihanna-type accent. I read that too. That, that some executives saw it and were so displeased they made her come back and loop all of her dialogue. So I was really watching her really? scenes to see if it felt like everything was piped in. And I couldn't quite tell, but her performance is, just like everyone's, kind of awkward and stilted mm-hmm. to the mm. point where you it wouldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily stand out. I mean, it's that kind of movie where, like, your emotional investment is so low that the only way the movie can up the ante is to make more and more horrible things happen. Mm. And it does do that. So I would say it's not boring in that sense. And that in that way, it can't really be as bad as a truly bad movie because a truly bad movie at two hours and 18 minutes would be unwatchable. Sure. This movie's just kind of just engaging enough. Man. All right, well, that's a lot. It is. So I still need to see the counselor, so that's on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. But uh, you do that, counselor. I'll tell you what, counselor. All right, counselor. All right see you later, counselor. counselor. It was nice talking to you, counselor. I want to see it. So next episode, we're going to be probably reviewing some. Hopefully, be talking about some new movies again. A lot of things coming out on demand and otherwise. You're um, right. But yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode of Movie Movie. Thank you for listening, as always, and you can hit us up moviesmovie.net. Uh, we're on the Mixcloud, moviesmoviegmail.com, also our Twitter page if you have any suggestions for episodes. As always, we're always looking for ideas. But um, if you guys, anything else to add before we get out of here? Uh, eh. Well, in that case, as always, you've made our day. Take care. Bye. Counselor. Everything is awesome